0: Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now onto the episode with your host, Coach Lisa.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Nutrition Coach. Johan Vester from Odyssey Coaching Systems and Johan and I actually go way back in terms of um, online connection. We've quote-unquote known each other for a couple of years so I'm really excited for him to um, share with us today how his coaching has evolved over the years and also how he just got into coaching um, in and of itself. So welcome to the show Johan. What's up? Thank you. (laughs) I'm also excited to have you on because um, we share more than just um, the love for nutrition coaching. We both love traveling and Johan actually um, also does not live in the country that he's originally from. He's from the Netherlands and he's currently living in Norway. So um, yeah, excited to hear what the weather is like there at the moment. We're recording this at the end of April sort of thing, (laughs) probably still a bit of snow around.
0: Yeah, a little it's been raining a lot so we've been losing most of the snow but it's still it's still kind of there you know <laughs> it's uh it's going away now though
1: good well i always love your stories when you do your um ski hikes or however i think you hike up and then you ski down so yeah. you're, like, yeah, yeah. you're not one of these people like me who takes the lift up <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love seeing the landscape up there and one day I will make it to Norway as well. Um, but anyway, if for anyone who's not familiar with you, maybe you can give us a little bit of a, of an introduction as to your own personal, um, story when it comes to training and nutrition, but also how you got into coaching.
0: For sure. Sounds good. I mean, like touching on like the travel uh, thing, I think that's definitely something that's kind of like just clicked, I guess, you know, um, because I think I started following you when you were working with Cody still, and I think it was like COVID, it was like quarantine, and you were like in Indonesia, like on your way there or something. Yeah, I um, think I had to quarantine
1: like, in Jakarta for like five days in a hotel I, room, and then I went on to Bali. Yeah,
0: I think that's what it was. You know what I, I liked about that? It was kind of like seeing someone travel, you know, because I've, I've done that so much in the past, and I still kind of do, but like less, um, because I don't move around like you do, you know? But like that, that was kind of like one of those things where I'm like, I really like that you're like following someone who's also traveling and like, because you do like the culture and stuff too, you know, like you actually mm. try to experience the country. So I really like that. And uh, yeah, so where do we begin? You know, I think first of all, kind of like where it started for me in terms of like my fitness journey, let's call it, you know, um, was way back like 10 years ago. It's 110 kilos. Um I did not work out at all, you know, so it was not a lot of muscle. <laughs> I was pretty uh, chunky, you know, um, but I was just not, not in a good shape. You know, I, I did eventually figure it out. It took me a long time. I tried literally like all the things that you see people struggle with these days. Still, you know, it's, you know, the, the supplements, the, the restrictive diets, you know, like the, the misleading stuff, you know, documentaries, very like. Very common stuff, I would say. I wasn't like the the worst kind of like yo-yo dieter, but I definitely had my moments where I like tried something, regain it again. You know, try something and I regain it again. But eventually, because we're here, I, I did figure my shit out, you know. <laughs> but it started there. Started training, running, etc. cetera. And then my CrossFit coach uh, at the time, he really began to kind of teach me, you know, the nutrition side of things and got into that. Spent majority of 10 years traveling the world playing in bands and then as you mentioned i did end up in norway somehow i know that you're not (laughs) you're not like the biggest fan of like cold weather i know that i think (laughs) i remember a post of yours about that but like um me actually for a while like me neither you know like i was in australia for a year before i moved to norway so i just had summer it was like european summer australia then european summer again at some point Then somehow I ended up in the Arctic, which is where I've been for the five years now.
1: That's so awesome. um, Yeah, you said you used to be a guide up there as well, correct? Also, yeah. That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, one of the tricky things when people are travelers and people who love, Um, experiencing life like to the fullest or culture as well and and everything that's associated with it it's so easy to put on weight (laughs) I mean if we Mm. look at like all the cultures if you like generally when I go to a place even nowadays um I I do watch some like documentaries I watch some uh or read about like the top 10 foods to try in Colombia and I mean let's face it eight out of those are probably gonna be super high calorie uh, and in some countries like here or Mexico you can get lucky because there might be things like ceviche and so on so nowadays I have um well a I I, the great thing about my travel is usually that I have a big a base and then I just have these shorter trips I think if you go literally I mean what I have done to a trip around the world when I finished high school 14 years ago whatever um I, I I think at that time because I also didn't know and care about nutrition at that point um I put on like 15 kilos you know like 30 pounds that's that's a lot for someone with my (laughs) frame yeah I was um, gonna say that's a lot yeah that was a lot of party that was a lot of process stuff and I think the great thing that you mentioned is like I learned about nutrition from my coach and like that like knowledge we all know knowledge is power of course it yields nothing if you don't apply it but generally if you have the knowledge um then you can really make your own smart decisions even with traveling and maybe you get stronger in setting your boundaries as well as you get older at least that those two things knowledge and boundaries they have allowed me to still travel and experience culture but in a a lot more moderate way
0: (laughs) yeah for sure it's um yeah like that's definitely true you know what it is too i think when you travel like that and you know you me both like we we've lived out of suitcases you know for longer periods of time than most people would which also kind of like i guess like makes you appreciate like different things if that makes sense just like not stuff you know what i mean
1: 100 yes
0: and um i think going back to your point in terms of nutrition like of course it does become more difficult you know like to, to figure it out then and like you said there's a lot of good international food and you kind of want to try it out and then there's like this deep fried thing and then you know So I will say what I do see still now as well with clients, it's like when people do travel a lot and it's like that kind of like, or even just like for work, it does become more difficult. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have that prior kind of like that baseline, like knowledge and experience, it's hard to figure out.
1: Absolutely. And especially if alcohol might be associated with that or cultural pressures as well, like you said, I'm traveling for work. And then someone, your new business partner, or whatever, might invite you. Oh, let's go and have um this and that for lunch. And here's a bottle of wine. And then in the evening, we're celebrating this business deal with this and that. And it, you can't just say like, oh no, thanks. I'm just gonna have the salad and some water. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that that certainly is tricky, especially in the beginning.
0: Don't you think it's weird though? Almost or where these days like if you're the one making the healthy decision or like you're like hey you know I'm going to go to bed earlier or you know I'm good you know I'll just have water or I'll have an alcohol free beer I won't drink tonight like when you make those healthier choices or like let's even just call it going to the gym right it's like you're like the weird one in a group you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's crazy it's, it's so, so crazy.
1: crazy. It re- It's crazy and uh, a little bit sad. And um, I I made a post about boundaries a little while ago, and I really do think that it comes down to a couple of factors. And uh, number one, uh, people simply not understanding that always doing what's normal is going to um make you end up overweight, obese, probably dying, having a heart attack, etc. I mean, if we do all these things that are considered normal. That's where statistically you're going to end up with. And secondly, people um, then often also regret not having the strength themselves to do those kind of things. Um, so the, the two, two things paired, I guess uh, they're often the case, or the, the reason why it's kind of like, well, you're we're weird. Um, or, or maybe maybe they just simply don't understand the concept of um delaying gratification and essentially knowing like like in that instance where I just explained or had that example of the business lunch um does it really have to be drinking in the middle of the day like can we can still have a nice meal but with water or you know you you can still have a good time without alcohol so I for several years I did not drink alcohol at all because I had uh like alcohol poisoning one to, at one point oh uh,
0: really so okay. after that,
1: I decided so it really
0: went all out like
1: <laughs> yeah it was my bachelorette party at the time so <laughs> I, it was a it was at least a, a decent reason um but after that I decided for a couple of years not to drink not not because um it was like a number that I had in mind I just didn't feel like it but during that time whenever I said no I wouldn't I won't have anything it it bothered everyone else more than it bothered me like i was still dancing and having a great time and like why why does it bother you that my drink um is a white color or a see-through rather than perhaps wine or like you know yeah. it's, it's weird but people don't like feeling guilty about their own choices yeah. um i don't know if you've made any experience with that especially going yeah. because you're also a musician
0: yeah because i definitely had that in the beginning so I quit alcohol in 2012 for, and I, I still haven't drank since then. It's been 10 plus years, you know, but I will say it's almost 11 now, but like, I will say it it wasn't for me. It wasn't like a moment. It wasn't like the alcohol poisoning, you know, it was really just kind of like gradually. Cause as you mentioned, you know, I, I play in bands and I you know, still technically still do, but like I started playing in a band back home in Holland. We had a lot of shows going on. At one point, it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes even Thursdays. I was the only one with the license. So the more we played, the, the more I was driving. And it just kind of like went, you know, it became less over time. Right. And then it got to a point where I was like, you know what? You know, I quit smoking at the time too, which I used to smoke like a pack of cigarettes a day. You know, I was like, you know what? Like, let me try to quit that finally, because I tried a bunch of times and let me just stop drinking too and it, that's been like 11 years and yeah. I will say I, I did have that in the beginning where it's like you got the comments and and the jokes and all that shit but at some point I will like people just kind of know
1: mm-hmm. that's and right it, turns- yeah, it, it came the same for me people were just like uh who wants a drink um Lisa I'm yeah. oh, not right Lisa you don't want anything oh, okay yeah. and they move on it's true it it, it I like that and-
0: And it almost turns into kind of like instead of making jokes about it, almost being like, I think that's really cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: at least that's what I'm getting now these days, you know, with a lot of people where people are like, well, I probably should do that as well. Or I should also drink less. You know what I mean? Um, I think with alcohol, like I'm not against it. But for me, that's definitely one of the best things I ever did, you know, quit drinking altogether.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I love actually that nowadays Um, More and more data is becoming mainstream of how much it's affecting our sleep, or even with the wear of more sleep trackers and stuff, people can maybe see themselves that even just that that one or two glasses of alcohol per night that used to be so habitual or used to be so normal at the end of the workday, how much that's affecting their sleep. And I think, again, going back to the point of education, it's great seeing that data yourself and hearing more about it on, on other podcasts and so on, how how it's really affecting mental health and also mental decline as we age and and everything. But again, not to make that uh, a <laughs> raid against alcohol. Um, I do want to go back to your point of um, the education from your, your CrossFit coach and how you got first yeah. uh, introduced to nutrition. So tell me about basically what you learned, because I believe at that time it was also quite popular um, to follow the zone diet or paleo diet. I did
0: and- that too. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so So I did try a bunch of stuff. So I will. So 2012 was like the year for me where like shit changed, you know. Um, So first I quit smoking and drinking, and then just about half a year later, I had this moment where I looked in the mirror. I was 110 kilos. I felt like shit. I looked like shit. I was like, you know, something has to change. Start working out, you know, running and all that, and then eventually, the the nutrition was like the the tricky part to figure out. But as for things that I tried, I think my fitness belt must have been the first thing I did where, you know, you choose, okay, well, I want to lose maximum amount of kilos per week. You know what I mean? No idea about calories, protein, those kind of things, just kind of following along, not being able to stick to it. And I watched a documentary, which was, I can't remember the one, but it was like this green juice, like thing you're supposed to do. And for multiple weeks, you know, I lasted like a week, felt like shit, fell off. You, You know how it goes, you know? Then I had the supplements and mind you, like I literally just started working out. I got, (laughs) I had like a pre-workout, a post-workout, like the casein for the evening creatine and then a fat burner. And then there was like one, there was something else that I took for running as well. So, you know what I mean? Like I was completely just focused on like shit that didn't help me. Um, And like I said, it wasn't until I actually got a coach. Well, not even a nutrition coach, but like my coach at CrossFit, then I kind of started to get a little bit of advice, you know, which if I think about it now, like what would have been the easiest and best thing for me back then is just get the help from someone who knows their shit. And, and that's one of the messages I really want to put out these days, too. It's like, well, I know that this, this stuff is difficult to figure out, you know what I mean? Like the, the nutrition side of fitness, because you have to work out and all that stuff. And it's it's all cool, you know, but like the nutrition and if you especially look into kind of like the, the stress that comes with it, sometimes the mindset issues, like the shit that actually needs work, you know, the stress, the anxiety around it, whatever, like ask, get help. You don't know? like ask for help, whether it's you, me, another coach who you resonate with. But
1: yeah, the thing is, I think that, I mean, most people, but I, I won't lie, all the information that we put out there. Technically you can figure yourself, figure out yourself. Um, yeah. Google or whatever as well. Point number one, though, people don't um, invest the time, usually don't have the time to do that amount of research themselves. And the tricky part is too, before you get to the real evidence-based um, facts, you have to weed through all these this other crap. You have to weed through a uh, carnivore thing. Oh, Maybe I should intermittent fast. Maybe I should do this and that. And You don't have to go through all that trial and error for that. You do have other people that have gone through trial and error and do have the education and now know. And the other part to it, of course, is going back to our point of travel as well, accountability, sustainability, and consistency, because just like you, most people are going to think, I want to lose as much as possible as quickly as possible. So even if you put in the time to do the research and you calculate where your macros should be at, then you're probably going to be, way too low for some time um or it might just feel unsustainable and you're like oh i don't want to track for the rest of my life do i have to be so tedious and you don't have that external guidance of someone saying like hey no you don't have to be that tedious all the time maybe we can just track just calories and protein for a little while or maybe even just focusing on protein and food quality for a little while and you know while you're you're traveling or whatever it might be so i i think um even though education is awesome <laughs> we do need some other uh, aspects to it as well and having a coach can just yeah. be so helpful
0: for sure because that that was the thing that was me you know googling how do you lose weight and then like i ended up on the blogs and this is 2012 you know when me and so it's way less accessible da- illegally downloading like the documentaries and stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> but like the the blogs and those kind of things you know i i went there and tried to figure it out and it's just so confusing then. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it now, it's it's almost worse these days. Or maybe it's just as bad. It's just like more available, you know? And you have like the the liver kings and the carnivores and like yeah you know the keto crowd and whatever, you know. It's like someone who just needs the help, who wants to help, who deserves the help. Yes. She'll be able to get that without going through that shit, and that's that's honestly what makes me so passionate about it because I I was there also, you know, I I spent you know maybe let's not call it like researching, but like I spent some good amount of time like trying to figure this out and yes. and making mistakes. So I hope that with stuff that you and me do with the content and the podcast and everything, that we can always kind of like keep people from like making the same mistakes, you know.
1: Totally. And um, I, before we started recording, you mentioned that you have now developed a little bit of a system to make this simpler and more easily comprehensible for people. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Uh, you mentioned you call it the three S's. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. So, so I did a webinar about this recently. A seminar with a couple of gyms, but like, I try to always kind of like touch on the most important issues or the biggest, most common issues that people struggle with, you know, and talk about kind of like what's wrong with it, but also what you can do better, you know? And the first as, you know, strategy really speaks to the fact that usually what people do, right. is like, you do a diet and you do the next one. And then you, you know, same what I did, you know, you try the keto and the intermittent fasting and the, the juice cleanses and all this stuff and the fat burners. It's just all this focus on like dieting and dieting. But then at the end of the year, you're like, well, okay, cool. Like I'm actually five kilos heavier now. I have less muscle, you know? My hormones are out of whack. Like I feel like shit. I'm still not there, you know? So that's the first thing that we got to touch on because instead of just jumping into another diet, let's let's actually see where you're at. You know what I mean? I know we have a a relatively similar approach, which fun fact, like Lisa actually was my coach for a while. And we also kind of like, began just kind of like with figuring shit out, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't feeling great back then, energy-wise, et cetera. Okay, like let's first create that starting point and actually get you ready. And let's, let's talk about this from like a dieting standpoint. If you just spent a full year of like trying all that stuff and you did not even spend enough time actually just eating enough, nourishing the body, you know, giving your body a break, let's maybe not jump into another diet,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know? And let's get you ready it goes for building habits we could call it you know optimizing metabolism really depending on the case you know because you know as well like some people are chronically dieting but a lot of people are also just trying to diet and they're not really in a deficit because they can't stick to it you know so we do need to figure out what's the case first of all yeah and just kind of see hey like are we consistent at the moment what are your habits like what needs to happen right now first before getting into a fat loss phase
1: that's so true because, because- with our system or quote unquote our system or the, with macro counting with calories with flexible dieting there are so many people that will just give you your macros and be like oh, okay well like they won't even i mean maybe they take a little bit of a dietary intake and in the sense of what you've currently been eating but they won't ask too many many things about your dieting history other habits like what and for me also an, an important um, thing to talk about is what do you have coming up as well because yeah. people might feel like I want to start a diet right now but then turns out oh, in six weeks time they're going on vacation and then in eight weeks time they have this big work thing going on. And in yeah. two months they have their son's graduation I'm like well. Right now, I don't think this, I mean, you might want to feel your best and look your best for your upcoming vacation, but just like that crash dieting the six weeks beforehand and putting you in super low calories, probably not great. Probably we should yeah. be working on habits, et cetera, for these next three months. And then after that, um, you looks like nothing is coming up. Your kids are back in school and you have a little bit of a more right routine. That's a great time for us to go into a dieting phase.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's, and that's the thing, like <laughs> that needs to be done also from like the coach side, you know, because, you know, still most of the time it's kind of like, oh, you want to lose weight? Sure. Here's your calories. Let's go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Here's your meal plan, whatever. And there's no preparing, you know what I mean? So again, whether it's building habits, whether it's kind of like the metabolism that we want to address or hormones or whatever, we just kind of need to do that pre-work, get you ready, build the momentum. So that we actually know that we're ready for it. And you can actually stick to the deficit. Because we're. You know if food quality is shit. If we're all over the place with a meal structure. Which I was going to. Like structure was going to be my fourth S basically. But I included it in systems. Um, But like. If it's all over the place. Let's actually maybe kind of like fix that first. And then go into it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want you to be. Like learning how to track. And then Also going from 50 grams of protein to 150 and learning how to eat vegetables and all that stuff while you're also dieting because that Mm -hmm. usually goes wrong.
1: Yeah. And I think under that first pillar, I don't know if that's still coming up, but under that first pillar, I would also embunch like the reverse diet and, you know, like periodization overall. And I think having talking about that beforehand helps people also um, anticipate what's coming up because as we both know it's a, we people tend to do great with numbers when it comes to a oh, six-week diet and blah 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 and then yeah. afterwards but they don't th- they, they don't think about the aftermath of that or they don't schedule yeah. out their whole year so actually talking about hey let's talk about the next literally 12 months or you know however long I think we should start with this base phase right now for the next two three months then go into a cut and then reverse side into maintenance or whatever you want to do and they're like oh actually sure. that it really well with christmas and blah blah so yeah i don't think that necessarily um people are used to looking at things in a whole year's no time.
0: yeah because it's it's always like dieting is like fat loss is like this x week block it's mm-hmm. like an event but it's a process you know it's The diet before the diet, the diet after the diet, right? We just talked about the diet before the diet, but like what happens before is super crucial. Like that's actually what's going to make your results amazing. Exactly. During the cut, you know, then obviously we want to make sure that we stick to it, but let's, let's get the work done. Then afterwards, diet after the diet, we know that that's usually where it goes wrong. Right? Exactly. And without the diet after the diet, the results are not going to last. It's simple as that. You know, because we either think, oh, we'll just go back to normal. Or we think, well, I ate this little to lose the weight, so that must be where I stay. And that's also not the case.
1: Yeah. Or people swing back and and quote unquote reward themselves for all the hard work that they've done. (laughs) on like and going back to my vacation example and they're like oh yeah i just spent six weeks starving myself now i can eat however much i want like um well okay then you're gonna come back 10 pounds heavier yeah
0: <laughs> um, yeah and that's that's hard but yeah like that's that's also something that needs to be planned for taught as well and there mm-hmm. needs to be someone also to, to say that too you know like
1: definitely, always definitely. Tell people, like hey
0: we're at the end of the diet, like, you're, we're not done yet. We're not going to stop tracking, etc. cetera. Like, we will be planning breaks, of course, you know. But, like, when you're done with your fat loss phase, the, the real work, like, is just around the corner. Because that keeping it off part, like, that's the hard part, you know.
1: Definitely. And then we do
0: the reverse diet for most people. And that's that's where you make a breaking results, in my opinion. So Absolutely. what happens afterwards.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, I heard... Someone say the other day, the phrase of practicing maintenance, and as opposed to just, oh, I'm going to go into maintenance, we're going to practice maintenance. And they also call like, didn't say like diet breaks or whatever. This is a phase where we practice maintenance. I really like that phrase because it's so true. Like it sounds so unsexy and people just think, oh, when I'm not on my diet, I'm just doing what you said, like normal, or I'm not doing anything, whatever that means to them. But that's like, literally, that maintenance needs to to be practiced. Maintaining what you have achieved needs to be practiced. So share with us, what is the second S?
0: Yeah, good point. Um, So second S is systems. That's literally like why the third word of my coaching company is systems. Like, I think that you need to have systems in place to be successful.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There's really like a few systems that we want to touch on. First of all, your meals and metrics. Second, habit creation. And then third, self-reflection. Hmm, I like that. Your your meals and metrics, I was going to call it macros and metrics, but I will say that there is a time and place for other approaches in terms yeah. of like managing your portion control, you know. But I do that with macros. So like we do use macros. We we use that to see, hey, well, okay, cool. Where are we currently at? Are you supposed to eat? you know, 2,500 calories, but you're doing two hours of cardio and you're only eating 1,200 calories. Like, okay, we got to do something there, you know? So we use that to kind of bring you first to eating enough. Like you said earlier, like the reverse diet, we typically do that in the beginning too, or at least I want to see, can we get you to that point consistently? But like, let's relearn really portion control, right? First of all, let's also learn about nutrition, but more importantly, like let's guide you through that kind of like preparation phase let's guide you through the fat loss phase because it's also not just about cutting as fast as possible or bulking for that matter because in both cases you want to control that rate up or down and then after let's use it to bring you back up in that controlled way right Mm -hmm. because with those macros in my opinion once again because i know people are always like oh macros you know (laughs) but like it's it's the the numbers don't lie you know what i mean it's objective data that can help us make objective decisions that will help you reach your goals. And by the way, tracking doesn't lead to an eating disorder. In my opinion, it's just a person taking it too far. And I know that sounds harsh, maybe. And I know people struggle with this. But let's look at it this way. If someone has a gambling issue, is that, the, is that the, the, the slot machine or is it you taking it too far? You know?
1: <laughs> if
0: you... If you can't just make your paycheck last more than two fucking days because you spend it on shit all the time and you don't manage to save your money, is that like your, your bank app or is that your spending issue, your habits, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that's that's my way of thinking about it. But like with those macros, like let's just use the numbers to learn from.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's
0: let's control your journey. And then eventually, once we learn from it, once you are done with your reverse diet, you're at maintenance. Then we can step away from it. And there's also even a system for that. We usually do it gradually, seven, five, three, whatever days. Because I I want you to be good at both, you know?
1: Definitely. And I think um, that's, again, where a coach comes in so handy because uh, they can develop a feel for how you're doing with the macros. Some people... Well, first of all, if macros quote unquote lead to disordered eating, it's because there was already disordered eating there prior. It's a really good point. So it might, it can sometimes emphasize that a little bit, you know, if you're already like super obsessed and meticulous and you need to hit your, you feel like you need to hit your macros within one or two grams every single day. Probably we want to loosen something up, but even here as a coach, you can come in and say like, okay, from now on, I really want you to actually just aim for this calorie range from like 1900 to 2100 and anything else in between there. I do not care. Try to get over a hundred grams of protein and try to like, let go of the rest perhaps, or maybe it might be even an encouragement to just track as you go, as opposed to pre-planning. Whereas for someone else who's actually lacking that structure, who has no idea about stuff and who's just tracking as they go and wondering why they're like always way off for them, it's maybe getting a little bit more planning ahead. So I think a coach can, or has to like really um, play towards the individual. And for some people uh, that I have worked with, it, it gives them a sense, Of healthy control and healthy um, understanding of their nutrition so they don't actually mind continuing to track on some sort of level for I don't know however many years or maybe even the rest of their lives like with myself for me it gives me in my chaotic world of travel and um, whatever it gives me a sense of control does that mean I need to weigh every single thing out and I take my scales to each and every restaurant no of course not but I'm gonna you know maybe estimate the best as I can, or maybe just track for half of the day so that I know how much I have left for the rest of the day, that kind of little bit of in between. And then of course, there are other people where after one or two months as a coach, you can probably gauge, um, they're getting a little bit over it. They're like, they're probably yearning for, well, A, maybe a diet break. I think oftentimes when people feel like they're getting over macros, which is the quote that I often hear, hear or I feel like it's getting too tedious, they're actually not getting over macros, they're getting over dieting, and they they would benefit a lot from a maintenance break. So I think that's, that's sometimes misinterpreted. But even there, you can probably gauge, Um, okay, maybe track just five days of the week, and then Tuesday yeah. and Thursdays, we're not going to track it all, but you make mindful decisions eating similar than on as on other days. So that's kind of how I would look at it,
0: yeah, for sure. and i I truly believe though that if and this is also a big if, but like if you are really proactive in the process, you know, and if you are either getting educated by someone on how to do it right, et cetera or you can read up on it in a, a resource or something but i truly believe like if you proactively track for at least let's call half a year or something i i really think that everyone could benefit from that oh, maybe 100%. like let's say let's not say everyone because i don't like absolutes but pretty much everyone yeah can benefit from that and here's the thing too does it suck yeah in the beginning if you have never done it before of course because it's weird you have to waste stuff. you don't know you can find this food You don't know that you should just log a generic rice instead of the actual brand. Sometimes, like you know, those kind of little things, like overthinking it. Mm -hmm. It's all a learning curve. I know that. You know, I in the very beginning I hated it too. You know, but I do still think that if you get to help, if you get to do it the right way, it's such it's such a cool thing. It's it is going to help you.
1: You know, definitely. It's it's eye eye opening, just even in the sense of what's in your food and really what high in calories and for me it takes the connotation away of this is good and yeah. this is bad um also, but yeah bring us to the the third s what was the third s in your systems
0: yeah so so in systems so the first of all i do need to mention so with the tracking right we can't necessarily talk about our meals just from kind of like the calories in uh, standpoint we do need to also look at the metrics, and this one is pretty sh- short. As part of that, but like, so many people focus on calories burned. Still, you know, we still think I gotta log my exercise in the app or my my yeah. fitness watch or something. I always say like, well, let's just completely take that away. We're not gonna look at calories burned. I do want you to track your steps. It's a different story, but like, let's at least keep track of your metrics because also there I see people over-focus on like the, the cat was burned and then also kind of like maybe weighing in like once a month
1: mm-hmm.
0: right i'll do it at first on a month and then i'll see how, how much i'm progressing well no let's actually do that every single day or three times a week at least get your average let's double check with bi-weekly measurements let's triple check with photos mm-hmm. because you get this too but like time and time again you got people being like well my, my weight is not changing and then we can show them, hey, your centimeters are going down and you're looking better in your photos. And by the way, you said your energy is better and your colleagues are noticing that you're losing body fat, you know? So like we we need that triple check almost. Um, but that is it for that first, um, you know, from the first as of systems and habit creation too. And I'll keep these two short, like habit creation, you know, habits are all the talk these days, but it's not like, hey, I'm I'm just going to decide, okay, this is my new habit now. You know what I mean? Because I've seen people go like, I'm not going to do a diet. I'm just going to use habits. But here's the thing, using habits, like you got to create that shit and it's going to take time. You know what I mean? And then you hear it's 21 days or 30 or 60 or 66, you know, on average, which I think it doesn't even matter. Like, let's not worry about how long it's supposed to take, but let's just focus on you daily, you know, sort of day in, day out, like putting in the work yes. showing up. And then we just keep working on that until you're actually consistent and it's an actual habit. Because, in my opinion, for most people, 21 days, for example, oh, it's not no. going to cut it. No. You know? I agree with that. So, like, also there, we we do use a habit tracker for that, which I really, I mean, you see behind me, you see a little whiteboard here with a couple of things, things that I got to tick off, too, you know? Like, I really think that that helps a whole lot, or at least for me personally, and I've seen people fix, like, you know, sleep issues with that. They quit smoking. Just with something like that, you know, just a simple list day in day out you just try to win the day you know so that's my my system for habit creation which i think a lot of people can benefit from just just a simple checklist you know and then self reflection out of everything we talked about so far is probably the most important one and if you work with a coach it's going to be that weekly ch- you know check in that touch point of hey you know are you actually doing a thing <laughs> you know are you actually putting in the work what's going well but also what you know needs to happen to move forward and how will you do that? And this is maybe mostly for people who are listening who don't have a coach. Like you also got to do that shit on your own and preferably even on a daily basis because I think when you set that goal of, hey, I kind of want to lose weight and you just go, go about your life. Like that thought is always there, but you don't really focus on the daily action. You know, you don't really, you're not in the moment. You don't really know what's going on. Or we know that somewhere we're kind of like, You know, not doing great, but we're just ignoring that. So we've got to do the uncomfortable thing. And I think you and a few other people were the the ones that kind of got me into this stuff a little bit more. The the meditation, like the journaling stuff. We need to do those kind of things as much as it's almost kind of like the weird stuff to, to, to do, you know. And it's still not like the most sexy stuff to sit still with your eyes closed with your own shit. You know what I mean? And just being like brutally honest with yourself. Like, that's the hard part, right? That's way harder than macros and all that stuff. Like, having at least a weekly checkpoint, preferably daily, where you just take those five minutes Mm. and really kind of, like, see what am I doing right now? Am I doing a thing that's helping me reach my goals? And if not, okay, cool. Let's own that. But let's also figure out how to do better.
1: I love it, and I think the the weekly check ins certainly that's a great amount of time. You know, every seven days, etc. Um, we can take that so much further with like monthly planning again, or or even further out. But um, even more important when it comes to self reflection, I think. Um, you're able to talk yourself off of the ledge or whatever so much if you do that on a even more continuous basis. So let me elaborate. You might feel like, oh, I'm feeling agitated. I'm feeling stressed, whatever. Okay. Pause. Why am I feeling like this? Ah, okay. This person just um, yelled at me or I just read this negative post or I just feel like I'm not doing good enough or whatever. Mm -hmm. okay is there actually any truth to that is there anything that i can change about that like consistent self-reflection cannot just help with the weight loss in that aspect um but also with just managing your emotions better and of course with weight loss too if you feel like uh you you want to just overindulge or you want to whatever like that that pause and that reflecting i actually i've i do have my next meal already planned out it's still like 45 minutes to go maybe i can go for a walk instead of like going into the cookie drawer right now um so just like reflecting on a continuous basis about uh, on your feelings on your actions um but yeah certainly that regular check-in um like also just like not necessarily data focused but Sometimes taking the emotion out of things and looking at the data yeah. and then being like, oh, actually, I did do really well. I felt like this was a crap week because two days I was maybe a hundred calories over my targets. But it turns out I was still on average doing really, really well.
0: Yeah. It just it keeps you in the moment, also, mm-hmm. you know? It just keeps you like in the process and and that even goes back to like the checklist kind of stuff and and all this kind of th- things that even into systems like all this stuff just really just kind of plays r- like into each other but like the strategy and the sustainability like being being aware of kind of like where you're at and and just also just like I said just owning stuff but mm-hmm. just being let's call it like being resourceful you know like just being like okay well hey you know what last weekend I over ate whatever it is I totally blew my macros okay it's just a day you know, I don't even, I don't even want people to to compensate the next day. I just say the next day, just pick it back up. You know, exactly. which I don't even like using that term of picking it back up. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's getting hard back on like,
1: track. I don't like that. One. Yeah,
0: you know, like, <laughs> but like, or getting back on track. Yeah, because I just see that as a learning moment. And mm-hmm. of course, there is something like at some point you do gotta be like, hey, you know, like it's like been five times in a row now. Like we've got to do something here, but like. <laughs> but those roadblocks, let's call them like, it's it's just a learning opportunity, but Absolutely. we do need to allow ourselves to learn from that stuff too, and not get hung up on like the downside, the negative shit, you know?
1: Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, you s- simplified it as best as you can with the those three S's and kind of like bringing it all together. I really like the self-reflection aspect in there. I did not expect that, to be honest, when you were telling me about um, this method, but uh, first of all, thank you so much for your time and for sharing a little bit of an insight into your story. Also, I would of love course. you to um, tell tell us where people can go and find you and learn more about your systems or your coaching in general.
0: Yeah, where where to begin? I I guess I'm most active uh, on social. Sorry, on Instagram when it comes to social media, that's going to be Johan Vesters, underscore OCS. I'm sure you can tag that somewhere. I know there's a mouthful. My last name. Not everyone knows stomach. how to write that. But like that's that's where I'm most active as well as uh, Facebook. My coaching company is called Odyssey Coaching Systems. So you know uh, it's going to be on a website. It's going to be .co. Mm-hmm. However, it's not .com. It was taken. I am uh, gonna buy that one or try at least. But like that was taken. It's <laughs> Odyssey Coaching Systems.co. Like I said, on Instagram, and I do have a podcast as well, uh, which is Talking Nutrition. I do a, a weekly episode on Mondays, which uh, is also where you'll see Lisa at some point soon as well.
1: Awesome. I look forward to the conversation there. And yeah, once again, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or
0: share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.